Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. Oregon's down by 12. They're on the 45-yard line with no timeouts. Oregon's got an All-American field goal kicker. Why didn't somebody tell me? Bet with an edge. He'd find out the kind of inside stuff nobody else knew, and that's what he put his money on. He even figured out the different bounce you got off the different kinds of wood they used on college basketball courts, you know? Early Odds with Joe Ostrowski. A friend of mine is very smart, said I've been very lucky with gambling. I've never won. Broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios, brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. We are back with early odds after a four-month hiatus, and it feels great. Back here on the Score, Saturday mornings, talking sports betting. Once again, I know you guys have been hearing a lot of the commercials about sports betting, and we'll have a lot more books that will be opened very, very shortly and you may have noticed if you're a hardcore listener we're on the air a little bit earlier and that's because awesome boss Mitch Rosen said why don't we expand early odds and uh, so that's what we're doing we went from a half hour to a full hour 8 to 9 a.m every Saturday morning right here on sports radio 670 the score and it's just in time as we all know baseball season now underway NBA and NHL return next week we've got more golf majors Uh, The Derby coming up a little over a month from now, so I can't wait. There is a lot to talk about. Uh, Coming up this morning on the show, we'll hear from the Action Network's Chad Millman. We'll drop by and get up to speed on the happenings over at Hawthorne Racecourse. But we begin with Michael Beller from The Athletic. I've decided that uh, this is an early odds tradition now because last baseball season, right before things got started, uh, Beller came on. We previewed the year, and we spent about a half hour just throwing bouquets at the feet of the Nationals. And a month, month and a half into the season, people wanted Davey Martinez fired, and we looked like a couple of really big idiots. But, Michael, in the end, we were right. We knew it all along. Never a doubt. (laughs) Nationals had it the whole way, just playing possum. They didn't want home field advantage throughout the NL side of the bracket. They knew what they were doing. We knew what we were doing. And here we are, what, 18 months later now, ready to hopefully do it again. (laughs) At M. Beller on Twitter. Make sure you follow Michael there. Big baseball fan, huge Cubs fan. What does it mean to uh, finally see it for real on TV last night? Uh, It's just great, Joe. I mean, honestly, any sport coming back would have been so great to watch. But, yeah, for it to be baseball, the first one back, would have obviously liked it a little bit sooner. But – What a great night it was. A real opening weekend here this weekend. Uh, Obviously, one Cubs game in the books, and this is just 
so much fun. I'm so excited. And it's going to be a really fun year. It's obviously not uh, the 162 games that we know and love, but there's going to be a lot of charm to this 2020 season, I think. All right, we've got a lot to run down. We like to give the people some options. We're going to go over the player awards, home run leader, World Series prediction, favorite division play that is still available that, that you can find with so many of these uh, legal books out there. They like to repost stuff. I know a lot of you have some experience with offshore websites and you bet it before the year or you're out of luck the rest of the year. No, a lot of these books are going to repost stuff, maybe not every single day, but like the World Series and the pen and odds, you should be able to find these throughout the year. So we want to give you some different options. Uh, but Michael, we'll start with you. Let's go with the win totals first. Uh, give me your favorite win totals, over, under, whichever ones you like the most. Yeah, so my favorite win total is actually an under. And there's like not a lot of fun in betting unders, right? Whether it's a total uh, for a season, whether it's a total in the game. Like, it's always way more fun to cheer for runs, cheer for points, cheer for wins, and cheer for overs. But when I saw the Red Sox at 31 and a half, for their over-under, I was blown away. I mean, they're, they're a bad team. They're going to be bad. Like, there's not a lot on that team to like. They've got three very good hitters, to their credit, in the offense, and J.D. Martinez, Xander Bogarts, and Rafael Devers. I'm not a big Andrew Benintendi guy, even if you throw him in there. I mean, that's really it. The bottom half of that order is bad. Uh, the rotation, even uh, with Chris Sale healthy or Ed Eduardo Rodriguez healthy, wasn't going to be good, but they don't have that. I mean, this is going to be a really – really bad team. I don't think people are prepared for how bad the Red Sox are going to be and then throw into it 10 games with the Yankees, 10 games with the Rays, crossover games with the Nationals and the Braves. Uh, this is going to be a really tough schedule for them to play as well. I do not think this is a team that's going to come anywhere near 31 uh, and a half wins, not anywhere near 32 wins. So uh, that was one that I jumped on right away. That is far, far, far in a way my favorite win total of the season, under 31 and a half for the Red Sox. So are we going to do this again, Michael? Yeah. <laughs> this is You're my favorite win total. This is my favorite <laughs> win total. And uh, there is quite a gap after the Red Sox. It's under, I believe I saw 30 and a half before they started their season. And you're right. I think they're going to be tanking. When you take a look at that starting rotation right now, Nathan Eovaldi is their number one. Martin Perez is their two. Uh, they also have Ryan Weber, Brian Johnson, and... Uh, I don't know, shrug the shoulders. They don't know what they're going to do with the fifth starter. They have no pitching. And you, you mentioned the tough schedule. They're going to have to deal with two of the best teams in all of baseball throughout the year. Even at 30 and a half, I am also all in on the under. Another one that popped to me, but if I had to pick a second favorite, I would go to the National League and I would look at the Giants. Uh, the win total is at 25 and a half. That's equivalent to about 68, 69 wins in a year. We know about Buster Posey, but even though the Giants only had 77 wins last year, those were a lucky 77 wins. Extra inning games, they went 13 and three. One run games, 38 and 16. This is another team that could be tanking. Uh, teams are going to be selling pieces off as long as they can find some owners to buy. Uh, there's going to be a lot of sellers here at the deadline. Giants, probably one of them. The Giants are going to be putrid. And even at 25 and a half, I would go under there. Yeah, I like that one. And I actually want to throw a note of positivity in here for us since we've hit yes. a few unders. In, the, in that NL West, and I'm uh, this one too, I don't love the number for Arizona at 31 and a half, but I really like this team. 
I love the trade to get Zach Gallen. You're talking about Madison Bumgarner, Robbie Ray, Zach Gallen as your top three. Luke Weaver, who is finally putting it all together after never quite finding it in St. Louis last year before his injury. That is comfortably in his rearview mirror. He is your number four starter. Uh, the top of the order being Cattell Marte, who broke out last season. David Peralta always hits when he's healthy. Great acquisition of Starling Marte. Eduardo Escobar, a ton of power. They're going to be able to get interesting on the corners and at DH with Christian Walker and Jake Lamb. I just really think this is a very good team. One of the best defensive shortstops in the majors at uh, with Nick Ahmed. I really like this squad. I like that over 31 and a half. That's one of my favorite overs that no one is really talking about very much. Uh, I want to follow up there because – Outside of the Dodgers, and I, I get it. I'm not going to rip on you if you say the Dodgers are going to win the World Series. They very well could. But there are a couple of teams in that division I like, including the Diamondbacks you mentioned there. I actually found uh, I found it challenging to decide between the Diamondbacks and the Padres. Do you think they're closer? Do you have the Diamondbacks clear-cut ahead of San Diego? No, I think they're very close. I like both of those teams a lot. I think we're going to see both of them in the playoffs now that we're getting eight teams in each league. The Padres are built wonderfully for the 60-game season. One of the best, if not the very best, bullpen in the majors. They're going to be able to get very creative. I really like the top of the rotation with Denelson Lamette, Chris Paddock. Garrett Richards doesn't need to worry about making 30 starts for them. I think we'll see Mackenzie Gore eventually up for them too. Big prospect, a big right arm there. So I really like that team. And then the offense, I would like to see a little bit more consistency. But when you've got Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis, Tommy Pham in your top third, you're already starting out ahead of the game. So that is a team I like a lot too. I think that NL West is going to be a really fun division this year because I don't think the Rockies are a pushover either. I don't think we're going to be talking about them as a playoff team, but we know what to expect from that team offensively. I think it's going to be one of the more fun competitive divisions to watch this season. Michael, uh, let's use that and transition to our conversation about uh, some of your favorite division bets. Maybe if there aren't any, you can just say that as well. But uh, sticking with that NL West, a couple of teams we like, Padres, Diamondbacks, you can find them six to one, seven to one. Would you take a nibble? Yeah, I would take a little bit on that. Uh, full disclosure, I, I didn't uh, do that. I haven't done that. I didn't get any of those locked in. But I do like Arizona, like I said, because of the pitching that they're going to be able to try it out. That Zach Gallon acquisition didn't get a ton of attention. That was a great move for this team. They remade their rotation on the fly, adding him and Madison Bumgarner. So I do think that's somewhere you can involve. It feels very pubby, but I just couldn't get away from it. I'm on the Reds. I know you can see them all <laughs> over the board. I got them at plus 265. I think they're the best team in the Central. It's going to be a competitive division. Uh, Cubs, Cardinals, Reds, Brewers, any of them could win this division. I think it's the only division that has four teams that could legitimately win it. But I look at this Reds team, the Moustakis and Castellanos additions were not only huge, but they took away one from Milwaukee, one from the Cubs. That is a big, big get for this team. And then I don't think any other team in this division can trot out three guys like Luis Castillo, Sonny Gray, and Trevor Bauer. I really like that team. Even with Anthony DiSclefani starting the year on the IL, they can move Tyler Malley right into the rotation. I think he's probably already a better pitcher than DiSclefani anyways, but the fact that we're having that discussion speaks to how deep their rotation is. I think the bullpen is good. I think the offense is going to be very good with the Moustakis and Castellanos additions. And even though it ended up becoming one of the pubbiest picks there is, I still 
really do like the Reds. I think they're the best team in this division. And unfortunately, if you wait this long to make a play on the division, uh, a couple of the teams that I like, the values just completely sucked out of the market. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go into more detail on the World Series plays here. Uh, but the White Sox all the way down to plus 285. You can't even get three to one on a team that is perceived to be the third best team coming into the season in the division. Now, we can make a case for them winning the division, but you can't even get three to one. That's kind of silly to me. And Rays earlier in the offseason – in the division with the Yankees, you could found them around six or seven to one, and there's a lot of people all in on them. I can certainly understand why, and it's all the way down to three to one. So I don't think there's there's a ton of enticing action with these division plays. Yeah, I don't either. Who doesn't love the White Sox? Who doesn't want to get a little bit of action on the White Sox with all those bets? But I mean, Minnesota just set a record for the most home runs in Major League history, and they added Josh Donaldson on top of that. Cleveland still has a very imposing lineup, maybe the best one-two punch among hitters in the AL Central with Lindor and Ramirez. They've still got a very strong top of the rotation, Mike Clevenger, Shane Bieber, Carlos Carrasco. The fact that the White Sox are up at not even 3-1, to one, that's just yeah. way, 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 way too rich for my blood. Uh, agree 100%. This is Joe Ostrowski, Early Odds, Sports Radio 670. The score back with you every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. with Michael Beller from The Athletic talking about the 2020 baseball season. All right. Yes. Uh, before we get to the player awards, uh, home run leaders, some of that fun stuff, let's talk about World Series plays. We haven't even talked beforehand, so I don't know if we're going to have agreement like <laughs> we did last year with the Nationals, uh, but let's throw a few teams out there with it wide open now. Now, the day the season starts, we find out, oh, yeah, the playoff format has expanded. Now there's 16 teams in it. Um, I, I'm sure uh, with so many teams involved and we know how baseball can be, I'm sure you have at least a few options for the people. Why don't you start, Michael? You know, I've already talked a lot about them, but I doubled up on the Reds here. I love this team. I think that these additions that they made are really smart additions for them. You have a fading Joey Votto in the power categories, but still a guy who gets on base, still a guy who fits very well in the top third of the order. What do they do? They go out, they get one of the most underappreciated power hitters in the league in Mike Moustakis, a guy who really found himself in Milwaukee. We all saw right here in Chicago what Nick Castellanos was able to do when he got out of Comerica Park, away from a hopeless situation in Detroit. Now he finds himself in another very good situation in Cincinnati. Eugenio Suarez, another one of these underappreciated power hitters that has been in Cincinnati for a while. And you see their president of baseball operations, Dick Williams, talking about the fact that they built themselves knowing that the DH was likely coming to the NL within the next couple of years. They didn't expect it to be this year that it would happen, but they are one of the few teams in the National League that can make the DH a weapon, right? Most teams in the National League are just going to throw another hitter in there, right? We saw on opening day for all of the majors, you had A.J. Pollock from the Dodgers, their DH hitting eighth, and you don't see that in the American League, and the Reds aren't going to have to do that with guys like Shoko Akiyama, Nick Senzel, Jesse Winker. They are really built to take advantage of the DH, and then again, I know I already said it, but that top three of Luis Castillo, who we'll talk about a little later, Sonny Gray, <laughs> Trevor Bauer. I mean, that is a very, very strong top three. I think they are ideally built to get into the playoffs and then succeed once they are there. That's really my favorite World Series bet. I got him at 25 to 1. I liked it quite a bit at that price. I would have been willing to go a little bit worse of a price for myself because I think this team is built to win right now and keep winning into the future. All right, we'll go back and forth here because I, I know there's some other teams that you also like. 
But I want to get your thoughts on my team. Obviously, you won't be full agreement, but let's see if we can make a case here. My team out of the NL Central that I think a lot of people are sleeping on. The Reds, very popular play right now. It makes a lot of sense. But I think up in Milwaukee, there are a lot of people forgetting about that Brewers squad that you could find at 35 to 1. Yes, they missed out on Grandal and Moustakas and Thames. They, they are now gone. A couple there are replaceable. You're not going to replace Grandal, of course. I like their outfield, and now they have the DH spot with, of course, they still have Yelich and Kane. But the reason I'm considering them is just how the season stacks up. So much pressure is going to be on these bullpens. If you don't have many arms, the Cubs, in the bullpen, or at least we, th- we think they don't have too many arms. We don't, we don't know what they have out there. Uh, but the way Council has used the bullpen over the last few years, how he's going to lean on Hader and Knable and, and Suter a little bit, I think you can trust the bullpen. A lot of these managers are only going to be looking for five innings out of their starters once you get to the middle or back end of the rotation. People are really sleeping on the Brewers, and they do have a shot in the Central. They're a team that I have faded to my own detriment over the last couple of years. They always seem to find a way to be better than the sum of their parts. That is a huge credit to Craig Council, a guy who really knows how to manage his team, how to get the most out of every single player on his team. And I love Corbin Burns moving into the rotation. I think that was a smart move for them. They obviously are going to be another one of these teams that can weaponize their bullpen this season. They're not going to have to worry about what happens when they get out of their rotation because of But how many really high the arms that they have back there when they get Eric Lauer back maybe they move Freddie Peralta into the bullpen again so it's a very flexible staff I worry about the offense I worry about the competition in the central I think they're one of the teams that benefits the most from there being eight teams getting into the playoffs in both Mm -hmm. leagues because I mean Joe we're going to see a 30 and 30 team in the playoffs that's a guarantee right we might even see a 29 and 31 team make the Mm -hmm. playoffs so I think they're one of the teams that benefits the most from that and they're definitely a team that has enough bats, even though I'm a little worried about him, where they can get hot. I mean, when you've got Yelich, Lorenzo Cain, Ryan Braun playing every day, thanks to the DH, Avisail Garcia. I mean, I know they lost Yasmani Grandal, and you can't replace a guy like that, but Omar Narvaez is one of the better hitting catchers in the league. So there's a lot of things to like in that Milwaukee lineup, too. I can't go quite that far on them, but I do think the price is right at 35-1. to 1. A little bit of disagreement there. They're not my favorite team. I'll go to the long shots before I get to my favorite play because there are a couple of teams that we already addressed in the National League West. You could find the Padres at 45 to 1. And just to add on to what we mentioned earlier, that most that cover the farm systems have them as the number one or number two farm system in all of baseball. You mentioned their ace and the young core that they've put together. I like them. And the Diamondbacks also at 50 to 1 and the bullpen depth that they have uh, strong back end of the bullpen for them so those are some juicy numbers teams that should be in the playoffs as far as I handicap it and the team that I like the most you're on the Reds Michael I like the Rays and you can find Tampa Bay at 18 to 1 96 victories last year depth in the starting rotation Morton Snell and Glass now Uh, the bullpen arguably the best in all of baseball last year and many believe they have the number one farm system. They have so many of the top 100 prospects. And we're going to see some of those players come through. Uh, you hope that uh, playing in Florida won't affect them, that they're not going to miss out on too many players, of course. But I really like the Rays at 18 to 1. Well, Joe, I can't quibble with you because uh, you can go back uh, maybe about 48 hours or so if you uh, are really, really into this idea and check out uh, something I tweeted out where my World Series is Cincinnati over Tampa. So we're not quite on the exact same page, but we are 
we're at least reading from the same book and we're within a few pages. I, I, I like, I can't say anything bad about this team. And I keep, uh, how many times have I already said uh, Castillo, Gray, uh, Bauer? Well, Tampa's doing better with mm-hmm. Snell and Glasnow and Charlie Morton. I mean, that is a fearsome top three. I would say a good argument that that is the best one, two, three in the majors. I think they're better than the Yankees. I do think they're going to win the division. I wouldn't bet it at what we, the odds we talked about earlier, but I do think that they're the better team and all things being equal, they are the team who I would pick to win that division. And again, another team that is very well suited for this type of season because of how many moving parts they have. I mean, let's just take a look at their corner spots and DH when you've got Yandy Diaz, Yoshi Sugo, G-Man Choi. There are so many different ways for Kevin Cash to deploy all the resources he has at his disposal. And another guy like Craig Council, who has proven in his short managerial career that he is very good at deploying all those resources. I'm with you. I love this race team. The price feels right on them as well. Maybe we'll uh, get to talk about this and maybe we'll be right about these two teams and have the Cincinnati Tampa World Series. That's not bad, man. My official pick for 670thescore.com was Rays <laughs> over Dodgers, but Rays over Reds, I could see it, and that would be a lot of fun. I wanted to ask you about one more team because a lot of people I trust kind of threw this team out there, maybe worth a flyer with the playoff expansion. What do you think about the Blue Jays? And you could find them at 80-1. to 1. Fun team. Unquestionably a fun team with all the youngsters, Vlad Jr., Bobichet, Kevin Biggio. They're going to be a lot of fun. I don't think they've got the pitching to hang. They've got to fight through those 20 games with Tampa and the Yankees. I do think that they can get fat on Baltimore and the Red Sox. Of course, then you have the NL East uh, to, to consider their crossover games with Washington, with Atlanta, with the Mets, who aren't going to be a pushover by any stretch of the imagination. A fun team just feels like a little bit too early for them. If I was going to go a little off script here, I would actually take a look at the Angels. Uh, I think the playoff expansion helps them quite a bit, especially if Mike Trout is going to be missing a couple of weeks of the season. Uh, hopefully you get Anthony Rendon back from his oblique issue sooner rather than later. Another very flexible team. We know how Joe Madden is able to use that flexibility. And Shohei Otani hitting and pitching all at once. Really think he's set for a special season. Beautiful. Joe Ostrowski with Michael Beller from The Athletic uh, talking about the 2020 baseball season, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Let's go to the player awards. Uh, We talked a little bit off air, uh, Michael, and it it sounds like we're also in agreement, but in agreement of kind of walking away from the MVP bets. We've got multiple plays on Cy Young, but it doesn't seem like there's too much to get excited about under MVP. There was like nothing. I couldn't believe it. I thought like, all right, let's throw, you know, at least a few bucks in every single one of these and uh, have some fun this season. Can't wait for sports to be back. And when I went and looked through NL MVP, there was just nothing that really jumped out at me. Everything felt like it was right in line. Didn't seem like any obvious values. Didn't seem like anyone I really wanted to stick my neck out on. And that's not a knock on Ronald Acuna or Mookie Betts or Cody Bellinger or Nolan Arenado or anyone like that. Just Nothing really tempted me. So I ended up finding myself way down the list, Joe, and throwing a little bit of money on Keston Hira at 100-1 to 1 to win the NL MVP. Uh, we've already seen what can happen for Keston Hira in a season where everything goes right for him. It happened just last year as a rookie. The guy played about half the season with the Brewers, hit better than 300, OBP right around 370. He slugged right around 550, 19 homers, 23 doubles, did that all in 84 games. And if you take a look at his AAA numbers, they were just as good. So this is a guy who wasn't just catching lightning in a bottle. I mean, he flew through the minors, big-time success, and aged a level darling, too, at every level of the minors. I think it could have another season where things just 
click for him over a 60-game window, and that 100-to-1 price really attracted me. That was really the only thing I liked on the NL side of things. I think uh, you might like this one here. Okay, so you're a big Cubs fan. You saw what Nick Castellanos did last year. Now with the Cincinnati Reds, comes in in August. He's just carrying the entire offense, 11 homers, 20 RBI, 1,100 OPS in his first month. And now he's playing at the Great American Ballpark. What do you think about Castellanos at 66-1? to Yeah, I like that too. Um, Something that obviously I didn't end up taking myself. But uh, if I like the Reds as much as I do, I think he's the the right guy to go after. And what you like about him, obviously, if you are – going to win an MVP, you're going to need some big counting stats. Well, mm-hmm. you look at hitting in the middle of that order. I mean, run production opportunities galore, run scoring opportunities galore. Look at the guys who are going to be hitting in front of him. You got Shogo Akiyama, who had a nice beat during his career over in Asia. Joey Votto's always been a big OBP guy. He's going to come to the plate with a lot of guys on base this season. I wouldn't be surprised if he's among the league leaders in hitting with men on base. Not batting average with men on base, but I mean just the most men on base when he comes to the plate as a raw aggregate total. So I do like that. Uh, I think that's a, that's a wise one as well. Uh, things go for him in Cincinnati the way they did for him in Chicago last year. We could be looking mm-hmm. at uh, a Nick Castellanos MVP season for sure. Yeah, he could catch fire for a couple of months and be a big part of that offense. What about on the American League side? So I did make a bet on the American League side, and this was one that wasn't just value-based. Let's just say Shohei Otani is the 2018 pitcher version of himself and the 2019 hitter version of himself. If he does that, how is he not the MVP? I mean, if he's out there, he's pitching every Sunday, so he's going to make 10-11 starts this season. He's going to be DHing. Maybe not every single game he doesn't pitch, but mostly we saw what he did last season as a full-time DH. If he puts those two together, just think of the accumulation he is going to get for this Angels team. When you see someone who can pitch, like a, maybe not a true ace. When we say true ace, we're talking Jacob DeGrom, Garrett Cole, guys like that. Maybe not that level, but maybe one step down from that and hit not as a truly number one elite guy, but one step down from that, put that together in one guy. How is that not the MVP? I really liked it. I locked it in at 30 to one. It's a fun bet to have during the season too, but Shohei Otani, we really have never seen a player quite like this. And I think he could be in, like I said earlier, for a very special 2020 season. I wrote down Shohei Otani at 30 to yeah. 1. <laughs> yeah. I, for yes. all the same reasons. Yeah. If we're into narratives, the voters could get excited about Joe Madden with the Angels and Otani pitching every Sunday as well. Uh, I wrote down Otani. And then uh, just another name I want to throw out. Uh, The White Sox getting a lot of love. They are the public team in the American League and maybe in all of baseball this year. And if you think that they're going to win the division, maybe they're one of the top couple of records in the American League side. Look at what Yohan Moncada did last year. Now we've moved on to Aloy, and everybody's talking about Luis Robert, and he's going to be the rookie of the year. He's only 2-1. to one. But Moncada last year with a 5-7 F war, it's been bet down all the way to 30-1 to one at Bet Rivers. But if you take some time and kind of shop around, <laughs> you can find double those odds at 60-1. to one. So if you're in on the White Sox, I don't hate a 60-1 to one play on Moncada to win MVP. If I was buying stock in one White Sox youngster, I would be buying it in Yohan Moncada. He's already done it. And Eloy hit the 31 homers last year, and we all love Luis Robert just dripping with potential. But if I had to bet on one of those guys, you told me you came back 25 years from the future and you said, hey, guess what, Michael? One of those guys made the Hall of Fame. I would, without hesitation, take Moncada being that mm-hmm. guy. Yes, absolutely. Joe Ostrowski with Michael Beller from The Athletic. This is Early Odds, Sports Radio 670, The Score. We move from the MVP 
to Cy Young. Let's go uh, National League. I think we're going to spend more time because I've got a bunch of names written down here. First guy who jumped out at me was Luis Castillo. I think we saw him uh, put everything together uh, that he hinted at in 2017 and 2018, put it all together last year, gave us a really big season, 3-4 ERA, a 1-1-4 whip, comfortably more than a strikeout per inning, 226 Ks in 190 and two-thirds innings. And I think that that's still just scratching at the surface of the pitcher he is. You're not going to find very many better two-seam change-up combinations in baseball than what Luis Castillo throws at you. And clearly, I'm just all in on the Reds. And you, you know, I think it's a useful way to think. If I really believe that the Reds are going to be as good as I think they are, then they're going to have to have some standout individual performances. And I look at what Luis Castillo has done to this point of his career and still see another gear being there. And behind Jacob deGrom, Max Scherzer, it feels like the NL is fertile for someone to break through. Castillo feels like a really really realistic guy to do that. So I like chasing him at 18 to one. I'm going to run down these names quickly, but there's also a strategy involved. I've been wondering this year with the shortened season, we think these managers are going to lean heavier on their bullpens. So I'm wondering if the elite closers used a few times a week and you could find Josh Hader at 50 to one. I talked about the Brewers earlier. Maybe that's worth a play or some of the other elite guys. I want to get your thoughts on that in just a moment, but uh, some other players that I wrote down here, Ace Chris Paddock with San Diego. You could find him at 33 or 35 to 1, 10 Ks per nine. Uh, if the uh, pods can make a run here, we know what he can do. Speaking of Arizona and that NL West, we go to Madison Bumgarner. I'm wondering if he can turn back the clock here a little <laughs> bit for just two months because you can find him at 100 to 1. And if you search around, if you are a Cubs fan that is a bit optimistic. You like Kyle Hendricks and what you're seeing so far, and he's going to be your ace. You can find him at triple digits. I saw Kyle Hendricks at 125 to one, Michael. Yeah, I mean, as he should be. (laughs) because they're just not going to be yeah successful i think he's i think kyle hendricks is excellent at what he does a great real life pitcher just think of the guys who have won the cy young in recent years right jacob Degrom, back-to-back years justin verlander somehow edging out garrett cole last year but obviously those guys going back and forth you got to have gaudy strikeout totals the last guy who didn't that i can remember off the top of my head was rick porcello the year he stole it from verlander and that was when he won like 21 games with boston I mean, it's just you're not going to have that opportunity to be the eight and a half K per nine, but I won 22 games guy this year. I think you need big, big strikeout totals to win it this year. So that's who I'm leaning for, okay. guys who can miss a lot of bats. Okay. And I mentioned Hader to go along with that. As we go over to the American League side, Liam Hendricks is 150 to one. Do you think these voters are going to write down some of these elite relief pitchers for uh, Cy Young? I think they're definitely in play. I still think the problem, though, is that you're talking about making, what, maybe 30, 35 relief appearances at the most, somewhere in there, versus making 12 starts. I still think it's going to be hard for them. I mean, they're going to have to be elite. I still think even in this short season, it's going to have to be that perfect storm, like when Eric Gagne won the Cy Young, when you need an uh, absolutely elite lights-out performance from a reliever and no real – standout starting pitcher I think the logic makes a ton of sense I just still 
am going to want to more bet on there being a standout starting pitcher. I do think that the relievers are going to get attention. And the fact that you and I are talking about this and that we're not the first ones to talk about it in this context suggests that they already are getting that attention. I just still think it's going to be an uphill climb for relievers to win a side this year. Yeah, I was talking about this a little bit on You Better You Bet the other day. Like, I I get the case. I'm, in some ways, making a case for relief pitchers. But chances are, with a two-month season, that there's going to be a couple of starting pitchers that have ridiculous 12-start runs. Yeah, I I think think that's what it comes down to. And we're going to see – someone's going to go 2015 Jake Arrieta, right? Someone's going to do it. The problem is for those guys that they don't, they, no one can do that over 30 starts, but someone does it almost invariably over 12 starts every single year. Maybe not quite what Arietta did in 2015, but someone has a standout 12 start run every single year. I think that we're going to find someone to do it. So even though I understand the logic behind the relievers, especially with the prices you get with them, it's something I just can't do myself. Maybe after 12 starts last year, Lucas Giolito wins the Cy hey, Young yeah, exactly. over on the it's south per- side. It's a perfect example, right? I mean, he would have been, I mean, he would have been a runaway sort of uh, candidate last year with those 12 starts he had to start the season. AL side, what do you like? Tyler Glasnow. We've talked about the Rays a lot on this show. Tyler Glasnow, here's another guy last year after 12 starts who could have been running away. Obviously, the injury ended up getting the better of him. But that stuff, I mean, with that fastball and that wipeout slider that he has – with that team and with that smart infrastructure over the last few years, I've become more enamored with the idea of trusting the smart teams, Tampa, Minnesota, Milwaukee. These are teams that are very smart and have proved to be able to get more out of their players than other teams have. We saw it with Tyler Glasnow, right? Just wasn't quite able to find it previously. Obviously injuries had something to do with that, but he gets to Tampa and suddenly he is unlocked and suddenly right away he is reaching that potential that he always had previously in his career. These smart teams just find a way. And I think that Tyler Glasnow, now fully healthy with the injury behind him, can be the guy who he was last year for what amounts to the full season here in 2020. Got him at 12 to 1. He was my favorite. But I really think that all the Rays are in play. I think you can make an argument for Blake Snell. I think you can make a great argument for Charlie Morton, especially since he doesn't have to worry about making 30 starts. Injuries have been a concern for him. I do think all those Rays are in play, and I think the Indians are in play as well. Mike Clevenger is a guy who I think was going to win the AL Cy Young last year. He was my AL Cy pick last year. Then he had the lat injury early in the season. But with that fully behind him, the knee issue from the spring fully behind him, I think he is set for another big, big season here. Michael Beller, let's wrap with home run leader. Yes, this is uh, another one. Uh, bring, let's bring it back from last year. You actually reminded me. I totally forgot about this, but when you and I talked before the 2019 season, Fran Mill Reyes was my pick, then a San Diego Padre. 38 homers, I believe, was the number for him last year. Not quite good enough to lead the majors. Uh, he had that midseason trade to Cleveland. Now in Cleveland, I'm running this back. This was actually a bet I made in like February or March before everything shut down. And I still love it. I mean, the dude has immense power. He's going to be in the lineup every day. He gets to DH, so no worries about the glove. Fran Mill Reyes, I got him at 40-1. to You told me before he went on, he's at 35-1. to I still like him a lot at that one. I wrote down Reyes. That's why I knew the number off the top of my head. (laughs) I want to get your thoughts on two other names that I wrote down. You're all in on the Reds. Well, Suarez, after his 49 homer Mm -hmm. season, he's sitting there at 25-1. to And over at Clark and Addison, after his red-hot second half last year, Kyle Schwarber's going to be in the lineup just about every day with the Universal DH. Uh, 38 bombs last year. Schwarber is 50 to 1. 
really like both those prices. Suarez was one who I considered alongside uh, Reyes when I first made that Reyes bet. So I do like him a bit. I, I think those prices are fair. They, they reflect the talent level of those two players. So I do think those are both uh, wise bets. And again, fun bets. Those are fun ones. Those are fun guys to cheer for. And you love the payoff that's associated with those prices. If I was going to make one of those two, even though the, uh, the payoff is so much leaner, I would still lean towards Suarez because we've seen it from him year over year now there in Cincinnati. Let's go Rays. Let's go Reds, right? Let's And let's go Cubs, right? Let's All right, yeah, yeah, we'll do that too. There's a lot of Sox fans out there that have a lot of Sox bets out there, so we could say yeah. let's, let's go, go Sox, Sox too. They're going to be fun. I can't <laughs> wait to watch them. I can't wait to watch them all season too. I just can't wait to watch all 30 of these, the 29 in the Orioles. I can't wait to watch them. Oh, it's good. <laughs> it's going to be great. Yeah, we could just kind of, eh, Tigers, you can get out. You're not here too. <laughs> Michael Beller from The Athletic at mbeller on Twitter. Michael, this is always fun previewing the season. I'll have you on again uh, so we can talk about maybe some bets you can jump in on. I think back to last year, uh, week one of the season, Jordan Alvarez was not an option to bet at the Westgate, but then a weekend he was available for Rookie of the Year at 200 to ones. Things like that start to pop up. It's a lot of fun. I can't wait to do it again, Joe. Thanks for having me. Uh, That is Michael Beller. Always a blast. Early odds, Joe Ostrowski here, Sports Radio 670, The Score. Coming up next, we'll hear from the Action Network's Chad Millman. You've got 670, The Score, and the Radio.com app. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast this is early odds with joe ostrowski let's bring in a friend of the program on the alpamonte ford hotline chad millman at chad millman on twitter the chief content officer at the Action Network. Chad, how the last few months been, uh, aside from breaking a finger? Because I, uh, I see you're all wrapped up on this video. This is uh, how we talk to people now. I have a broken pinky. It is a quarantine injury suffered 
playing a very, very aggressive, challenging, rigorous game of basketball with my 13-year-old who has yet to break five feet. I played through it. I don't bounce back the way I did in high school, and it became a uh, near-permanent injury until I had to get a pinky cast. Is physical therapy part of your return to uh, normalcy yes. here? Yes, Joe. <laughs> Thanks for pointing that out. I do go to physical therapy twice a week for my pinky. Uh, today, when I was there, uh, the physical therapist uh, was having me do an exercise, and I said, it's kind of like I'm doing pinky push-ups. And it made her laugh. And then I came home and told my wife, and she laughed for entirely different reasons that cast me in a pretty pathetic light. That's quite normal. That's how, that's how life is. It's, it's called married life with children, right? Believe me, I'm getting no sympathy in my house for having a very painful injury that impacts your life on a day-to-day -day basis just because it happens to have happened to the finger that is called the pinky. If it was like a regular finger, people would be like, oh my God, that's terrible. I'm so sad, but it's the pinky. And I just get laughed at and ridiculed. Well, Chad, all our score listeners this morning can obviously pick up. We're in a great mood. Why? Because sports is officially back. We were watching the Cubs and Sox play for real last night. It is back, but how have the last few months been for you at theactionnetwork.com? This is just what I've noticed in the sports betting world is I was in on golf before but there is a whole nother stream of golf sports betting fans that are in on the sport now, and I think they're going to stick around. But you've also had uh, soccer, UFC, NASCAR. What have uh, your people been interested in? It's been fascinating, Joe. You know, obviously, those first, say, two to four weeks after sports shut down, everybody's heads are spinning a little bit, and they're like, oh, my God, what are we going to do? How is the world going to change? What does it mean for sports betting? And you, you get through sort of April. And uh, I think we did what a lot of people in the content and media biz did is like, we stretched our legs on different creative things and tried sort of new types of content that we otherwise wouldn't have had the chance to try because everyone is always so focused on what's the next game? What do you got to cover? How are you going to serve your audience in the most immediate way? And now it's like, there was no immediacy. So you could really get creative and try new things. And the good news is that for a lot of people and, and like us, some of those things will stick. And like whether it's learning new tools or learning how to manage new platforms or getting better at certain platforms, that's really valuable. And then all of a sudden in the betting business, like in May, Colorado launched and legalized sports betting. And the UFC started fighting and there were some golf uh, tournaments like you like you mentioned, and NASCAR came back, and then all of a sudden in June you got another big UFC fight and more professional golf, and now we're in July and UFC anchored it again with a lot more golf, and then baseball this week like already you know DraftKings was reporting that you know it's one of their biggest baseball handles ever, and they've also been reporting that golf has been really big for them, and golf has been massive for us. I would I would say like. The two sports that have seen the most activity and traction from our audience have been UFC and golf. And Chad, you quickly mentioned the legalization and launch in Colorado. And as you know, we are legal here in Illinois. One book that is online in Bet Rivers, but that's going to change in the next week. We could have five, six legalized books here in Illinois. You grew up here. You know what it's like, how sports betting is ingrained in the culture. It's going to be a monster. 
Yeah, we've really been looking forward to Illinois. And, you know, we've talked about sort of the fandom and passion in Chicago, especially the passion for betting, honestly. Like, it is a big, big betting town. It's, you know, in a lot of ways, um, going back to Al Capone, it's the home of betting. I did a story, like, during the shutdown about a guy named Charles McNeil, who was a commodities trader in the 1930s, got fired from his job for taking odds on who the next person in his office that would be fired would be. It turned out the shortest odds were on his boss. The boss found out, found out, fired Charles McNeil. Charles McNeil went on to invent the point spread. He was a crazy big better and was winning a lot of money from local bookies, went on to invent the point spread and then opened his own sports book in Chicago that used the point spread and turned the point spread into what I would argue turned the NFL into what it is today because he wasn't using it for baseball. He was using it for football, professional football. And so, um, look, there's a great history of betting in Chicago. No doubt people are going to be super excited. Uh, Bet Rivers, as you mentioned, is sort of the only book operating now. But the big deal is that at first, and, and I've been a, a huge critic of the way Illinois legalized sports betting. I thought it sort of was the perfect example of how Illinois does everything, which it was laden with backroom politics and bad decisions that uh, benefit the few who have the most influence, but to have no, no sort of real power for the people. Mm -hmm. And the shutdown, what it really did was um, make a lot of states reevaluate how they were doing sports betting in Illinois, which was not going to allow mobile betting. Um, you were going to have to go into a book to be able to bet, and then you could bet on your phone, but only after you deposited and registered uh, in a retail space. Now it's unfettered mobile betting, and that's the only way to do it. It's the only way to be successful. It's why New Jersey's handle is five billion, nearly five billion in 2019. It's why Colorado's done so well, even in the middle of a shutdown. Like, this is going to be a huge, huge boon for the state of Illinois. Yeah, and Chad, that's why I remind a lot of our listeners to download these apps as soon as they go live, because down the road, uh, when the pandemic's over, we're nowhere near that moment now, but we could go back to in-person registration. So you don't have to bet money right away, but uh, I would certainly register and download these apps. This is Joe Ostrowski, Early Odds, Sports Radio 670, The Score, with Chad Melman, Chief Content Officer over at the Action Network. Uh, we're just a couple days into the season, Chad. Uh, do you have a couple of your favorite baseball bets, uh, some season-long stuff that people could still bet on? Look, the White Sox are one of those teams that have just been getting a tremendous amount of attention. Like at the top of the board, you've got the Yankees and you've got the Dodgers and you've got the Nats and you've got the Astros and you move a little bit further down and you see teams like the Braves um, and maybe even a little bit further down, you've got the Mets. But like the White Sox from a wise guy perspective have been one of those teams that everybody has been getting really excited about it, obviously because of the offense, but like they're super stoked on their pitching and it just feels like in a 60 game sprint, that's been the team that has been uh, sort of during a 162 game season. With Chad Millman on the score, a big Bears fan your entire life. And it looks like we're not going to have any preseason games. There might not be much of a training camp. And for the first time in a very long time, oh, what do you know, the Bears say they're having a true quarterback competition. 
Chad, what is your reaction when I tell you that I think Mitchell Trubisky is going to be the week one starter? My reaction is this. And I say this sitting in my office uh, in Connecticut. Right now, I am staring at a picture of Soldier Field. I'm staring at a collage of different images that makes up a Bears helmet. I'm staring at a picture of the Bears logo that my son made for me for Father's Day one year. And to my left is a picture of Richard Dent sacking Tony Eason in the Super Bowl. So, like, my affinity for the Bears is as true as you say. When Nick Foles uh, joined the Bears, my son and I, my 13-year-old son, were sitting together. And uh, he said to me, who do you think is going to be the starting quarterback? And I go, Nick Foles. He goes, really? I go, yeah. Who else do they have? He goes, Mitch Trubisky? And I'm like, oh, my God. I totally forgot about Mitch Trubisky. I think, look, the Bears offense, the Bears coaching staff, the Bears head coach, obviously huge familiarity with Nick Foles. Nick Foles has a comfort level that I think exceeds what Mitch Trubisky's is, whether he has training camps and preseason games or not. I think he has probably a confidence level that sort of exceeds what Mitch Trubisky's is. Um, and I think the Bears actually, and I have Simon Hunter, who's a professional better, uh, come on my podcast on a regular basis. And I asked him, like, give me your future value Super Bowl bets. And the Bears at 40 to 1 were one of those teams. He also liked the Bears to, uh, to win their division uh, at about 4 plus 425, so 4 to 1. He liked them because he thought there was a little bit of a regression. Like last year, they weren't as bad as the numbers indicated. Uh, leveling a competition in their division. The Packers weren't as good as they played. Um, and the defense is still really good. So to me, if Nick Foles can somehow win this job and be Nick Foles, who doesn't need to win every game, but wins the games when he is put in a position to do so, give me the Bears all the way, man. I've, I haven't been this excited in years. If Trubisky's the week one starter, I would just implore fans to relax, chill out. You've seen enough of Trubisky. You know he's going to lose the job anyways. So he's not going to be out there for terribly too long. Joe, why would you try to bring down this interview and make it go negative? Like we're trying to have a positive conversation. I, 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 thought, you I thought that was a positive comment that even if Trubisky starts the season, don't sweat it. Why does he need to? Why do we have to eat? The, the only reason to go that way is if the Bears front office feels like we just got to because otherwise, like, we look even worse than we do, that the guy we passed up, the guy we passed up who's won an MVP and a Super Bowl and is now the highest paid NFL player in the history of the league, uh, you know, we need to give the guy we drafted at least one more chance to make us look halfway decent. Somebody brings up Pat Mahomes. That's when we say goodbye. Thank you, Chad Millman. See you, brother. Chad Millman, Chief Content Officer at the Action Network. Early odds on Sports Radio 670. The score coming up next. Let's check in with Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse. We'll find out when points bet will be launching over there. You've got 670 the score in the radio.com app. Early odds back with you on Sports Radio 670. The score every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. All right, guys. This is Joe Ostrowski, and if there's one thing a lot of sports bettors have rediscovered is that you can always make good money on horse racing. And this year, if you want to bet one of the biggest sporting events in the world, 
the Kentucky Derby, you're probably going to have to do it online. It's only, what, just over 40 days away. Get the Club Hawthorne app from our friends at Hawthorne. You'll get a $50 bonus after you bet 50 bucks, plus a $25 kicker for the Derby if you sign up before September 1st. Go to clubhawthorneapp.com, live stream the races, cash deposits, and withdrawals. Tons of action every day. Go to clubhawthorneapp.com today and join the fun. Now we bring in a friend of the score, Jim Miller, over at Hawthorne Racecourse on the Alpamonte Ford Hotline. Jim is the morning line odds maker over at Hawthorne. Jim, I know we got some news earlier on in the week. Points bet, for people that don't know, that is a brand new sports book coming to Illinois. They're going to be operating out of Hawthorne Racecourse and there's an Illinois gaming board meeting coming up on Thursday. So, so are we looking at maybe points bet being live by the time we're on the air next Saturday morning? Man, I'm hopeful, Joe. I, I would think so. I mean, everything that's been, that's been done between points bet, between Hawthorne, and between the Illinois gaming board has been very fluid. Everything's been submitted. We're very hopeful to have everything in place as well. And I'll tell you, the Illinois gaming board has really been very good because they have to be very thorough. And as you know, they had a lot of meetings that they had to catch up on going into last month. So they had a lot on the agenda last month, a lot on the agenda coming up next week. But uh, fingers crossed, I would have to think that, yeah, we're going to be very soon with Hawthorne Racecourse and PointsBet providing some uh, sports wagering action. And uh, hopefully it's coming by this time next week. Awesome, awesome news. It's been a long time coming. There's going to be a lot of activity coming up in the next week. So what else is happening at Hawthorne? Just opened up a sports book yep. very soon. No big deal. Uh, but I know you guys are busy with other things. Yeah, and the cool thing about it with the sports books and the way that gaming bill was written is we have the ability to not only have the sports book availability at Hawthorne, but also at select OTB locations. So we're going to have a lot of coverage for the area for people that are looking at points. But points, but really has a great expanded wagering menu. They have so many different options. You can submit an option to them. And they'll tell you if they can price it. So that's something that's very cool out of points. But so we're very excited about that. We're excited to get live and to get up and going. But through this all, Joe, We've still been racing live for horses for about a month and a half now, and there haven't been any spectators in the stands. So everybody's been going to our app, Club Hawthorne, and going on, making the wagers right there, following through on the horse race in action. And even though the fans haven't been in the stands, the racing has been really good. There's been a lot of value on the racetrack. And it is something, like you mentioned, leading up to the Kentucky Derby, all the schedules have changed. So instead of the first Saturday in May for the Derby, it's the first Saturday in September. But it leaves you some excitement for that second half of the year. Jim, the return of baseball, of course, the big yep. story. And we now are a whole game into the season for the Northsiders and also the Southsiders. Is there a bet that you like? You can throw out a win total, division odds, maybe World Series, Cy Young, whatever you want, rookie of the year. Anything on your mind? Well, you know what? I have some friends that are actually out in the Vegas area. And before what would have been a 162-game season started, I actually had wagered on the Sox to win the pennant and win the World Series. So I was happy right. to hear that they're still alive for this and that bet's still alive. And now hearing about the expanded playoffs with eight teams from each league going into the playoffs, that really even enhances those chances. So I'm a White Sox fan. I'm a South Side guy. And here's the thing. There's a couple of different things that are intriguing for the White Sox, not only for the team to win the division, but if you look in the Cy Young candidates, you have a guy like Lucas Giolito, who really had a great year last year. I know you're going to get odds on Lucas Giolito. You have Luis Robert, who you're looking at for possible rookie of the year. And what about possible rookie of the year and MVP possibilities? So there's some money to be made out there. Those are the ways I'm going to look because you're not going to have to put a whole lot down 
to have that chance to make a whole lot of money. It, you said possible rookie of the year. The way the odds are, are telling us, they're like probable rookie of the year. They have yeah. them at, at two to one. It is crazy. So, yeah, I do remember now that you mentioned that, you did send me a copy of that ticket. You did get the best of the number. You were ahead of a lot of people because there, there are people jumping in right now when it's all the way down to 20 to one for the White right. Sox to win the World Series. Jim, looking forward to talking next week and every single week. And I'm sure we'll be having a conversation trying to explain to the early odds audience what exactly points betting is. It's something that you guys will be offering that you can't find anywhere else in the state. Yeah, and it's very cool because what it's going to do, it's going to keep you alive to the very end of a game and Mm -hmm. with that chance to really enhance your money. So looking forward to talking about that for sure, Joe. Thanks, Jim. All right, you got to have a great weekend. That is Jim Miller over at Hawthorne Racecourse. Also want to thank Chad Millman and Michael Beller for jumping on the show. Don't forget, put it in your calendar. Early odds every Saturday morning, 8 to 9 a.m. on Sports Radio 670, The Score. You could find a link to subscribe to the podcast if you miss it live at 670thescore.com. Coming up next on The Score, we've got inside the clubhouse, Bruce Levine and Mike Esposito right here on 670 The Score and the radio.com app. Best of luck. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.